A sample of a couple of the emails we'll address today from Marilyn. I appreciate your insights from a Christian worldview. First hearing you on Rush Limbaugh. Please, the term God helps those who help themselves is not a Bible verse. It's a moral from Aesop's fable, Hercules and the Wagoner. Please be careful of being drawn in by those who do not know him or his word. Great point. And if I said that, well, wait a minute. This isn't the show. This is the tease. <laughs> Got ahead of myself. Oh, then there's this one. This is a treat. I like this. It's a treat. It's addressed to me in the following way. Oh, by the way, it's from an anonymous troll. Otherwise, it would be a made-up name. I'm not going to play that game. Hey, Christ man, judge not that thee not be judged. Your sky elf would burn you in hell for your show, punk. Oh. Okay, let's address that. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. In times such as these, as it says in the book of Esther, we are making a decision with every moment. And even if we don't make a decision, that's a decision. Choose the narrow path, my friends. Yeah, there's another email we're going to answer today. Um, Let's see. Oh, it's... Yeah, Tim. Hi, Todd. Love your podcast. A few weeks ago, you played an audio of Barack Hussein Obama wishing for chaos. I can't find it. We'll get to that. Uh, Friend of the show, podcast family member. Second time um, he's had show notes and and links to conservative casts disappeared and conservative pages stricken. Computer error or something else. I don't know. This comes the same week that PayPal said, "Oh, oh, we made a mistake when we said that we were going to steal 2500 bucks from you if you said something we don't like they just they put that in their terms of service if you say something we don't like we'll steal 2500 bucks from you not if you engage in fraud or theft just and and of course they shut down accounts all the time uh, because they're authoritarian goons they're china uh, they're they're china model corporal fascists that's a real word Fascism means a thing. It's when governments and business become one and it's uh, accompanied by force and eventually violence. It's, it means a thing. It doesn't mean that which the left dislikes. So we get to these emails, but I wanted to start with something far more important. It's a conversation. Um, I guess you could say it's, it's sort of the Florida attorney general answering questions in a conversational tone. So kind of what we're doing here on Twitter. As you know, or may not know, maybe you do know this. I mean, I think we mentioned this. Uh, Joseph A. Ladapo, MD, PhD, the Surgeon General of the State of Florida, uh, got briefly suspended from Twitter for stating the following. Today, we released an analysis on COVID-19 mRNA vaccines the public needs to be aware of. The analysis showed an increased risk of cardiac-related death among men 18 to 39. Florida will not be silent on the truth. 
Uh, incidentally, the increase was 84%. 84%. And that tweet got him briefly suspended from Twitter until there was this massive outcry. And there should have been a massive outcry. So YouTube, and not Twitter, but YouTube, is running a series of cartoons about how they handle disinformation. I mentioned a little bit of this last hour. YouTube is an open platform, and that openness creates opportunities for people around the world to learn something new, build a business, and find community. It also enables new and diverse voices to break through every day. So with billions of people visiting us every day, whether they're looking for information about their health, wanting to catch up on the latest news, or simply hoping to learn more about the topics that interest them, we have a responsibility to increase access to good information while decreasing the bad. To make sure that we're doing that, we tackle misinformation on our platform based on what we call four R's of responsibility. We remove the most harmful content that violates our policies. We reduce recommendations of borderline content. We raise up authoritative sources for news and information. And we reward trusted creators and artists. Yeah, so they do the four R's, don't they? Except how do diverse voices come up when a state's attorney general is stricken from Twitter? Oh, and other doctors like him have been stricken by YouTube. On Friday, we're going to do a deep dive into how YouTube is controlling the narrative and how it's self-evident from even a just brief examination of YouTube's own pages that they violate their own standard all day long. Hence, there is no standard. And we'll get into what the Florida Attorney General said. It's a fantastic debate. Look, if you're not debating with people, and you're unwilling to do that. You're either an authoritarian or scared. And, and most authoritarians are scared. And debate should exist, such as this. There is a great debate that goes on very commonly when Zach, Abraham, and I gather on Fridays. God willing, he'll be on tomorrow. And we talk uh, often about purposeful or, or stupidity in regards to what's being done to our financial system in our banking system. For instance, is it really possible that Gavin Newsom thinks that the state of California can get to all electric new cars by um, in the next, uh, what's uh, five years, 10 years? Does he really think that can happen? 2035? Yes. So does he really think that can happen? No. Yes. No. Yes. See, it's this debate. I mean, remember, this is a guy who forced people to wear woke masks and sent the cops out after people surfing in the ocean while he went to wineries and, and giggled it up and yucked it up, snorking down expensive wine, 500 bucks a plate or 1,000 bucks a plate, got caught without his woke mask, just knowing there was masked. So is it possible that he thought he could get away with that? Yeah. Did he really think he couldn't get the COVID? No. It all adds up to unclarity. All adds up to this great debate Zach and I continue to have of, okay, but who are the shot callers? I mean, Zach, Zach admits from Bulwark Capital Management, he admits there's people who know exactly what they're doing. They're wrecking the system because they want to rebuild it. ESG is that. It will wreck the system and allow these guys to earn money hand over fist or take money hand over fist to never have to perform as fund managers. And there's this. 
Yep, the referees are sometimes wrong, sometimes stupid, sometimes nefarious. We still have to play the game. It's the only game we have. So, Bulwark Capital Management is built upon recognizing that reality, stewarding people's money in a godly way, including Zach and his wife's money. 90% of their net worth is right in there. In other words, they're clients of Bulwark Capital Management, just like they invite you to be. And if you're 5 to 10 to 15 years from retirement or in retirement, risk she not your friend. So call Bulwark Capital Management at 866-779-RISK, or you can go to knowyourriskradio.com. Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK, or knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. The Florida Attorney General did on Twitter what we're doing now, which is uh, answering friends and critics alike. And by the way, uh, friends can be critics and sometimes friends are the very best critics. So he issued this tweet announcing their study into the injections, the mRNA trash, and then his follow-on recommendation, not diktat, by the way, but recommendation that men ages 18 to 39 not take the injection because all-cause mortality in those men, well, it's not all-cause, forgive me, it's cardiac-related mortality is up 84%. Heart attacks, heart failure up 84% and and very quickly after getting these injections, this stuff murders people. Just flat out, it does. And so Dr. Joseph A. Ladapo, MD, PhD, uh, defended this on Twitter because people were challenging him. And people were saying, oh, how, how could you, how could you say this? He writes, I love the discussion that we've stimulated. Isn't it great when we discuss sincere, transparent, when we discuss science transparently instead of trying to cancel one another? I'm going to respond to the more substantive critiques. Number one, diagnosed codes for cardiac-related deaths are imperfect. The doctor answers, yes. But that is true for every subgroup we examined. Only in men was the risk extremely high, and it was also increased in older men. Incidentally, me here adding to the doctor's comments. Want to know what's imperfect? A 40-cycle PCR test. You know what's imperfect? Calling a woman who died because her skull got cracked when she fell off a roof, calling her a COVID death. Want to know what else is imperfect? As they did in the separate country of Washington, saying that a guy who shot himself in the head died of the COVID flu. That's imperfect. Number two from Lapato. COVID test information was only available in death certificates. He writes, no, exclamation point. We used all our data resource resources, test results, vaccine records, death records to exclude individuals who had documented COVID-19 infection as we write in the methods section. So in other words, it wasn't so-called long COVID, which probably doesn't exist any more than long flu exists. Number three, the sample size is too small. Lapata responds, 3A, elevated cardiac risk was also found in older men. There were thousands of deaths in this group, 3B. The total cardiac deaths meeting inclusion criteria young men was, was 77, not 20, has been going around the web. 3C, read the references about the method. 
self-controlled case series tell us whether events, death, are occurring unusually close to an exposure, mRNA COVID vaccine, or whether their timing is due to chance. 3C continued. Even if the sample size was half of what it is, it events cost, if events cluster after an exposure, that is valuable information about causation. Finally, writes Dr. Joseph A. Lopato, uh, pardon me, uh, yeah, Lopato. Did I say that right? right? No, I'm, I'm Joe Biden. Ladapo, Ladapo. Uh, my brother is uh, Puerto Rican black. I was raised Italian in a home dominated by Chinese and drove an 18-wheeler. Then I came a, became a podcaster in the high mountains of free America outside of uh, Tehuksky, Alabama. Or no, it was Iowa. Or I, no, Idaho. Sorry, Joseph A. Ladapo writes, <laughs> finally, is it really that hard to imagine that mRNA COVID-19 vaccines that increase myocarditis in young men by factors of 10x, 20x, or 30x, he cites here, see Karlstad et al., JAMA Cardiology 2022, also increase the risk of cardiac deaths in that age group? Of course it's not. We all know that. I so sincerely love this. Because, A, just what he said, it's engaging in debate online. It's doing it in a civilized way. And he's right about all of it. And the 84% increase in cardiac arrest, you could say that's a small sample size. It's 77 dead people. It's people who died and wouldn't have died without the injections, and that's in one test. And the all-cause mortality around the country is up by 84% in that age group and 140% in others. And it's the same in every mass injection country. Maybe one day he'll be the Surgeon General of the United States. That's not a position that should exist. And yet it does. Maybe he'll run the CDC and shut it down. Scrap it entirely. And scrap its grift. And allowing so-called scientists to be paid off and bought off by pharma and the FDA. I mean, the head of the CDC is not the head of the FDA, but it would have the ear of a, of a, of a presumably conservative president. And both those organizations should be scrapped from the very bottom on up. So I want to thank the doctor for that. So the emails to your humble host. Hi, Todd. Of course, I love your podcast. A few weeks ago, you played audio of Barack Hussein Obama wishing for chaos, lawlessness, etc. I cannot find it. Could you reference it for me? I surely would appreciate it, Tim. And Tim is writing about a piece of audio we'll play here. No, let me play the audio first. Then, then I'll tell you what the Pointer Institute said uh, in their fact check about us. As, as we listen to this, and we being aware of Saul Alinsky, accuse your opponent of that of which you're doing, as we're aware of, uh, 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 trust me, if you like your plan, you can keep it. Of, we're aware of the fact that it was Barack Hussein Obama's campaign that launched 
the attacks on Hillary and Hillary's campaign that launched the uh, the notion that Obama was born in Kenya. Well, with a strong assist from Barack Obama himself, who used to wear around his neck a, or wear a, a carry or wear a student ID card that said he was a, he was a foreign exchange student from Kenya. Big, huge assist with Obama there. Here's Obama speaking about disinformation in just the way that Tim wanted to hear. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. I want to get your take on a lot of people looking at the president now having this and all these people who have been fully vax, vaccinated and, and boosted and all of that, and they're getting it. The 20 percent or so of Americans who have not been vaccinated might look at that doctor and say, well, why bother? Why bother? What do you what do you tell them? Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through <laughs> this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed <laughs> the vaccines and it made people then worry oh. that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. To uh, our booster campaign was that the 60% uh, of the people in severe and critical conditions were um, were immunized, doubly immunized, fully vaccinated. Uh, and as I said, 45% of the people who died in this uh, fourth wave were doubly vaccinated. In terms of the number of people in hospital who've been double vaccinated, we know it's around 60% of the people being admitted to hospital with COVID have been double vaccinated. What about uh, all the fully vaccinated people who get the breakthrough infection? Can they pass it on? Could they pass it on to their children? Could they pass the virus on to older people, especially more vulnerable people with the underlying health conditions? And that's exactly the point that we made in our guidance. So, yes, they can with the Delta variant. And that was the reason that we changed our guidance last Tuesday. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. And and it goes on and on and on. And did you hear what Barack Obama just said? So the Pointer Institute, uh, they fact-checked opinion. They fact-checked our opinion. About Barack Hussein Obama mm -mm -mm, and the video you just, from which you just heard part of the audio. So in answer to Tim, uh, continuing on the email discussion. We'll get to this piece from Pointer also. A friend's uh, podcast family member keeps finding his conservative links deleted. You need to get the Brave browser, my brother. And an anonymous troll says I'm going to burn in hell, but he doesn't believe in God. Got it. Doesn't believe in God, but I'm going to burn in hell.
Sweet. That makes sense. I got a note uh, again from a listener this time about Bonefrog Coffee. And the question was, um, the Bonefrog Coffee, the Bonefrog, do they have or, or do they have organic I, I didn't know the answer to that. And I'll reach out to Tim Cruikshank, who's a 25-year Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL, to ask that question. Do they have organic beans? And how expensive are organic beans? And are organic beans actually better? And are there byproducts in the beans they produce now? Or they use now? They don't produce them. But then he said, and by the way, there's no whole bean. Oh, my brother, that's disinformation. Oh, that's, that's, that's wild disinformation. Do you, you know what? I'm concerned. I'm concerned. We may have an instance here of a listener who has fallen victim uh, to Russian disinformation. I, I I don't know any other way to explain this. How would you think that Bonefrog Coffee with God Country team on every single bag that hires... Uh, veterans every time they can that works with veteran-owned companies every time they can. How is it that Andy came away believing that they don't have whole bean coffee? I, Andy, I think that you may, it's possible that you've been cognitively hacked by that Carolyn Orr we talked about earlier this week who is a, is a cognitive security specialist that, that loves Antifa. Brother, you, I mean, do you need to have your, no, I'm kidding you, Andy. You didn't see it, brother. I appreciate you writing us. I appreciate you letting us know. Look, here are the options. You have whole bean, French press, drip, fine, espresso, Turkish. I don't know what Turkish means, but I've had Turkish coffee. No, insert the joke about the Turkish bath. No. Answer is no. No. Even on the airplane show, no. And, of course, the range of blends. Zen Frog is the light blend. That's what I gave my friend Kevin the other night. Kevin was, uh, oh gosh, was he four-time national wrestling champion? That should tell you, if I'm willing to give a four-time national wrestling champion in college, if I'm willing to give him light roast, you'd think it's not fantastic roast. It is. Sons of Valor, medium dark, dark roast. At bonefrog.us, you get a 5% discount. Lifetime. 5% discounts on the coffee, but try it first. Go to bonefrog.us, try it. If you love it, drink it. Remember, that if, you, if, you, if you like your existing coffee, uh, 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 you can keep it. And you can. In that case, I'm actually not lying because I'm not Barack Obama. So the Pointer Institute uh, <laughs> wrote about uh, this very piece of audio we just played. A speech about the dangers. Let's see, how could he do this? this A speech about the dangers of disinformation. Now, he doesn't do long stuff. Grim Grim Milestone doesn't do long reads. A speech about the dangers of disinformation that former President Barack Obama gave at the Stanford University on April 21, 2022 is being used months later on social media to spread disinformation. Is he on offense or defense? Read the text overlaying a shortened TikTok video created April 30. Notice he says the game's won, not the game is over. In the tightly cropped black and white video, Obama said, you just have to, just what we just, what we just played. The four month old TikTok video was shared more than 3,800 times on the platform and has more recently been shared on Twitter. 
One user who shared the video has more than 63,000 followers. The treat was liked more than 13,000 times. Other similar TikTok videos also show Obama saying the same line. Obama's quote is real, but the videos are edited to leave out context and create the false impression that he supports the intentional spread of disinformation, which is false information created and shared intentionally to mislead others. In the full speech, Obama, who was giving the keynote address at an event hosted by Stanford's Cyber Policy Center about disinformation threat to democracy, called for governments and tech companies to better protect citizens from disinformation. He was then not promoting the use of disinformation. He was warning against its deadly effects of disinformation. Was he? If you like your plan, you 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 can keep it. Not 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 a smidgen of corruption. He was trained in the Alinsky model. Accuse others of that what you were doing. It was his, his office that launched the illegal spying on Team Trump. It was his office who merchandised Trump is a Russian asset. It is his office that has set up the shadow presidency in D.C. with 1,500 bureaucrats who stayed in, in office. And it is an office. They're political appointees given lifetime jobs who stayed in their jobs but slow-walked them and refused to carry out the duties as, as ordered by the sitting president. So was Barack Hussein Obama actually celebrating this information? Yes. In my judgment, he was accusing the other side of that which he's done. And Pointer is quick to point out, ha-ha, that Obama said disinformation was taking lives. I just played. I just played the taking of lives from the technocrats and the medical version of technocrats who conned people and forced people and blackmailed people and charmed people and paid people and terrified people into getting injected with an experimental gene therapy that is harmful and all too often deadly and did nothing to stop the virus because it wasn't intended to stop the virus. But yes, 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 yes. Pointer. Thank you for fact-checking us. Nicholas writes, I got hit. One, two, three, four exclamation points. I grabbed my phone to look at news stories and half of my desktop items were erased, completely disappeared. We're talking about 30 items. All of the desktop shortcuts to conservative podcasts, radio shows, and news stories were removed. I saved articles to read later from Breitbart or just DuckDuckGo searches and stories relating to the border, IRS, ammo confiscation, climate BS, corruption, lies, and more lies. Every hated topic by the psycho left. You know the usual. I feel totally violated. It's the second time. This happened to me before about two months ago. All negative Democrat news articles and conservative podcasts were wiped out. The people are really coming after us. What? country is this i'm afraid that the marxist left have all conservative and trump voters on a list so they can silence us i'm afraid i will be forced uh, it, um, i'm afraid it will be by force and violence if necessary when will the truth be available to the world sometimes i tell myself that some of these loony crazy people just aren't subject to any truth in media and don't know any better and it's not their fault todd when this happened they actually thought about you and totally wanted to tell you people need to know this is happening nicholas 
Nicholas, appreciate the note, brother. Please, let's, let's, let's mitigate this happening again. Please install the Brave browser. Please register it with your email address. And then Brave is not going to do this to you. So let's start with the mitigation. Let's also mention this. Brother, in your note, you said, I'm afraid about five times. Now, I know that you're not cowering in a corner. I know you're not in a fetal position. I know you're not hiding under a bed. I get it. I understand what you're saying. You're concerned for your country. You're concerned for your countrymen. You're concerned perhaps for your kids. I don't know if you have kids. But let's not let them cause us to be separated from God. It's not just sin that can separate us from God. Sin is separation from God. The original sin was that which precipitated us being separate from God. So I don't want to misspeak, but the devil starts with minor, minor deviations from the plan. And one of the things the Lord has taught us time and again is do not be afraid. So when you write words like, I am afraid, can I suggest something to you with love? Take that to God. Take, before you write a note like that, take it to God. I am experimenting with this. I, am, I have been so bad at this. I am starting little counts on a daily basis um, for little things that you would think are little. I don't necessarily think they're little. But for instance, how often in a day do I covet? Now, this could be just something as, as simple as my friend Greg has a beautiful, I don't know, $150,000 truck. And lots of people, when they see that truck, I've had three or four people say, dude, is that your friend? Yeah. Where do you get that truck? I don't know. Do you know about that truck? Yes, I do. And I know some things about the truck you don't know. And I find myself looking at the truck. Oh, I think I mentioned the other day, I saw this house and it's, it's near where we live now, but I saw the property in the house and I just thought, oh, I could get that. I, I know the podcast is new and I know, I know I, I don't, I, I don't want it. I just... I was coveting. And so my process is to think of this phrase. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Second Corinthians 10, five. Here's my suggestion, Nicholas. On the fear, take it to Christ. And here's a great prayer construct I have learned. Father God, pray to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I have faith and help me build faith where I don't have it. That's not an original thought. It's biblical. Father, I know that you're in charge. I trust you and help me where I don't trust you. You've told us to not be afraid and sometimes I'm not. Help me where I am afraid and take that stuff to him. Because otherwise we're playing the enemy's game and that's a minor deviation. It's a minor thing. But living in fear is something that God has told us we're not to do. It's not a sin as I see it, but it's an invitation to be separated from God because fear can beget anger, anger can beget hatred, and then all of a sudden you're hating your neighbor. And that's the way the enemy works. Minor deviations from the course. Appreciate the note, Nicholas. Do get that brave browser. Minor deviations from the course. That's how it works. Even now, this happens to me, even now, uh, 150 pounds of unwanted fat gone, and I do it. I do it all the time. It's like, it's like a minor food sin. Happened the other night. 
Um, I am experimenting. This is me. This isn't soda weight loss. Understand something. What I'm about to tell you is something I'm choosing to do. Okay. I am experimenting with on non-lifting days. I'm experimenting with a 20-hour fast. So I give myself a four-hour window in which to eat. And honestly, I feel great. But the other night I did this and my friend Kevin was kind enough to have me over to his home, his beautiful home. And he cooked up steaks and I brought uh, some salads, some stuff from the garden. He cooked garlic bread and he'd done such a fine job on the garlic bread that, you know, I, I broke a preference and I ate the bread. And I came back and I was just buzzed. I don't drink, but I was buzzed. And I went through some minor deviations. And to be precise with you, I ate some peanut butter and honey, a lot of it. Now, wait a minute. How have you kept 150 pounds of fat off your body when you have these minor deviations? Because I learned how to reset. After something like that, there's a reset process. And I used it. And the cravings stopped. And I didn't whack out my calorie count. Now, I don't want you to count calories your whole life unless you want to. I don't want you to have to measure your macrobiotic nutrients unless you want to. And so it is not about that. Soda weight loss is about resetting your metabolism so you lose the amount of unwanted fat you want to be gone. You'll pick up as many tricks of the trade as you want. There are cooking classes. There are Christian meditation videos. There's other inspirational videos. There's the convenience foods they provide you, which is included in the cost. And that's money you won't spend at the grocery store. And they have over 7,000 Google reviews. Their average is 4.8 stars out of five. Soda Weight Loss, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com, stands for state of the art. So thank you again for the notes, uh, Zachary, and I hope that helps. Now back to the emails. Marilyn writes, Marilyn, I so appreciate your insights from a Christian worldview. First hearing you on Rush Limbaugh. Please, the term God helps those who help themselves is not a Bible verse. It's a moral from the Aesop's fable, Hercules and the Wagoner. Please be careful of being drawn in by those who do not know him or his word. Marilyn, thank you so much uh, for the kind note, Marilyn. And let me just address this real quick in in terms of my memory. I don't remember saying that. And if I said it, it, I'm going to bet it was in a stream of consciousness sense. And I probably was acting out a conversation in my head because there is a population of conversations in my head sometimes by way of illustrating something where I might play out a conversation. Because no, God, yeah, God does help those who help themselves. That's true. He does that. But how, but, but, but in what way? In what way? So in, and no offense to people's faith structures, but if you are practicing prosperity gospel, I'd beg you to think about that. I'd beg you to think about God as vending machine. I, I'd beg you to pray and to read the Bible. So for instance, if you build up a bunch of wealth and you help yourself, and you apply effort. Well, who gave you the ability to apply effort? Who gave you the hands? Who gave you the heart and the work ethic? Yeah, okay, passed on through your family. Where'd they get it? Ultimately, that stuff flows from God. Now, if you build that and you celebrate it, you may well get a big castle on earth. 
And you may well live a life that is relatively problem-free. And then when you die and you stand in front of the judgment throne and the Lord Jesus says, hi, and you say, oh, you know what? I knew you existed. I knew you did. In fact, I prayed to you. And he'll say, you know what? Sorry, I've never met you. Depart from me. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Because you didn't partner with me. You helped yourself. But I don't remember you coming and thanking me, offering praise for what I'd given you, the talents to steward. Furthermore, I didn't see you use that to build my kingdom. So I didn't. I, I didn't see you live according to my word. I didn't see you publicly speak of me. I didn't see you disciple others. I didn't see you become a disciple. So yeah, you helped yourself and I'm sure that was a good time and I'm horribly sorry, but I never knew you. So depart from me. Sorry. And God helps those who can't help themselves. Mary Magdalene was in a position where she couldn't help herself. And so God helped her. In the, in the form of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> he helped the man at the pool of Bethesda. I love that story so much. Oh, dear Lord in heaven, I love that story. The Lord Jesus goes there. Of course, he goes on the Sabbath where you're not supposed to do any work. Of course, he selects a guy. Do you want to be healed? And the man says, yes. Okay, then, then pick up your mat and, and walk. You, you've been healed. And sin no more. And the guy's walking out. And the Pharisees witnessed this. The religious bureaucrats of the time witnessed this. And they, they go to the man and they question him. Do you think the first question out of their mouths was, hey, hey, who healed you? Wow, you can walk. You've been, you've been paralyzed for 50 years. Who healed you? That's, in, that's incredible. Can we meet him? They say, who told you to pick up your mat? You're sinning. God had helped a man who couldn't help himself. Thank you for the note, Marilyn. I appreciate you listening to the program. Also on the topic of faith. This is, I'm not going to play the game where I'm, I'm pretending that you had a real email name. Throwaway name. Anonymous troll writes. Hey, I'm, I'm going to do their voice. I'm trying to think of their voice. Hey, Christ, man. Now, that's, how would this be? Hey, Christ, man, uh, judge not that thee not be judged. Your sky elf would burn you in hell for your show. Punk. Now, incidentally, in the construction of the sentence, I'm not sure whether one would look at that as punk being his name or her name, or if he is or she is calling me a punk. Judge not that thy not be judged. And so I judge. According to what? According to what? What am I judging according to? And in judging, am I sentencing? And saying that person will go to hell. God cannot redeem that person. That person is forever damned. Am I rendering judgment? Am I offering discernment? It's not a word game. 
There's a difference between rendering judgment and offering discernment. And if I'm offering discernment, I labor to have a basis for that. I labor to have a basis for that that is based in the word of God and the strip application of a biblical worldview. Because it'd be very convenient, Anonymous, for me to not have to tell relatives of mine who are same-sex attracted that, yes, I do believe that engaging in that behavior is sinful and will lead to you going to hell. I do believe that. It'd be a lot more convenient and a lot more comfortable. And yet, it's not what the Bible says. Why? I could speculate. I could speculate that, hey, God said, I made woman for man, not man for man. But why? And at one point, God says, none of your business. Or when we go to heaven, perhaps it all becomes clear. We're in heaven and it's unlocked and we go, oh, oh my gosh, that's why you made the platypus. You're a genius. And God says, yeah, I'm, I'm God, genius. I, I invented genius. So, yep, genius. But I'm going to take a, a wild guess, anonymous, that you mean that I am judging people who are adherent to the sexual left. Like, for instance, we've played audio, and I forgot where this church, I mean, I know this church is in New York. I've forgotten the name of it. Incidentally, it's a satanic church. It parades as a Christian church. It's probably some whack form of Presbyterianism. I forget the name of it, but yeah, this is a heretic priest in a heretic priest costume standing next to a very tall man who's pretending to be a woman. In fact, pretending to be a stripper dash prostitute dash um, Japanese porn cartoon fantasy of, of, of incels standing in this fake church. Now, that's well enough alone. Those are two adult people who are being unbiblical, who are defiling what, church, uh, what the Christian church means, who are defiling the Bible, in, uh, in this, but they have two kids there. Now, to the point of anonymous troll, the Lord Jesus said to people who would cause little ones to stumble, that is to stumble on their way to Jesus Christ, better for them that a millstone be tied around their neck and they be cast into the ocean. That's the Lord Jesus rendering the judgment and, and describing what would cause that, the judgment being, here's what will happen to you. In my form of discernment, I'm simply consulting the Bible as I watch these two men play this out in front of these two children who are sitting on the edge of the stage, horrified. Do either of you have any questions for Miss Pentecost? I like her Miss Pentecost. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like her eyeshadow. That's great. Yeah. It's a him, yeah, by the maybe way. Maybe she'll let you borrow it when you're older, like when you're allowed to wear makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're very conservative. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I think is great about Miss Pentecost is she reminds us that we, we follow a God who calls us to not conform to things of this world, uh, that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And that means that what I think today may have to change tomorrow if I continue to renew my mind. And it's so cool that we serve a God that calls us to continue to grow and continue to, to change into something new. Uh, and to not be bound by the ways that the world 
confines us sometimes that, that we're supposed to live differently. Well, no. The Bible doesn't say that we have to continue to renew our minds. Mm-mm. The Bible is God's instruction guide. It hasn't changed. It hasn't been edited. Yes, there are compilations. Yes, there are translations. But since the books of the Bible are canonized, and there's some minor differences between the Catholic Bible and, and the, and the uh, Protestant Bible. But as whole, it's solid. The teachings are solid. So we're not called to renew our minds every time the culture changes. Quite the opposite. We're called to renew ourselves in Christ. Christ always was, is now, and always will be. He is part of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They knew from the beginning, and there was no beginning because they've always existed. They've known that this moment would come. So with increasing, increasingly intimate ways, they have come to us. Now the most intimate, the Holy Spirit can live inside of us. We're not to be transformed into doing the things of the world or glorifying the things of the world, which that heretic priest was doing because he's glorifying a man who has a sexual perversion to be seen as a woman. He is not a woman. That is a lie. Thou shalt not lie. Not just as a woman, but as a prostitute and a stripper. And the Lord Jesus spoke about sexual perversions through the apostle Paul and many of the other apostles. Don't give in to that. Do not live out the fleshly desires. Be reborn in the spirit. Be not of the flesh, but of the spirit. Become of the spirit to become holy, right? To reach holiness through adherence to the Lord, word of God and living with the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That's what we were told to do. That's the renewal. Becoming the new being is to jettison the fleshly desire, not to, 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 uh, to, to celebrate it. So, anonymous troll, that's discernment. What's going to happen to those two men? Well, Jesus knows, and he left, us, he left us the sentence. If they continue to cause those two kids to sin, they will, be thr- they will have wished that someone came up and tied millstones around each of their necks and tossed them into the ocean. That's what the wish happened. I don't get to decide that. Jesus already decided it. I'm not judging. I'm quoting the judge. Last email of the day, a great clarification here, Mark. Hey, Todd, congrats on the expansion of the show uh, to the radio network. I only listen and not watch um, and not watch your podcast. I will say the audio fidelity between you and Zach was perfect, much better than a telephone line. I'm a recently retired Air Force pilot squadron commander with over 26 years of service in the active duty Air Force Reserve. I'm 100% in agreement with Lieutenant General Boykin regarding the military leadership at the top that do not see our primary mission as being to break things and kill people. They want to socially transform it, and I guarantee you the Chinese are laughing at us. As sad as it may sound, I think the only thing that will turn the military or society around is World War III level event, or World War II, he writes, level event. However, I firmly believe that the Lord's hand is keeping the madness from overflowing. Also, you keep mentioning the Air Force is not allowed to say mom and dad. My daughter's a cadet at the world's greatest Air Force Academy. I'm an alumni as well. I agree that the woke virus is sticking to the camel's, sticking the camel's nose inside the tent. However, that slide that discussed using those terms was just one slide of a much larger and longer PowerPoint briefing. I asked my daughter about it and she saw it for what it was. She said she and most of her classmates just rolled their eyes about it. 
Regardless, it never should have been brought up. When I look at our country's leadership and the decision, um, the direction it's going, I start feeling uh, the crazy coming on. I immediately try to step back and repeat, God is sovereign. God is in control. God will be glorified. Praise God that he is in control. You're doing a great thing in Christ. Lieutenant Colonel retired Mark. And he quotes for us Romans chapter 1, verse 16 in his email to us. And the Apostle Paul told us to be bold in our testimony of the gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Everyone that believeth to the first Jew and also to the Greek. And this week, one Bible verse has stuck out to me. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for the note. Thank you, Mark, for for defending us. Thank you, Mark, for fighting wars that I didn't have to fight. Because you did. Thank you for your brothers. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for the men that you lost. Thank you that they offered their lives. Thank you for your beloved daughter. Thank you that God has gifted you. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you in Christ. Thank you, Mark. One of the Bible verses that stuck out to me this week, I've never had it this clear. I've never had it this clear. As we close out uh, today in preparation for tomorrow, I beg you to look at something. Make a brief list of your most horrible mistakes. Now, I know sometimes looking back is a painful process. Maybe pick five things really bad. And then consult Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And see if that verse, if you adhering to that verse, wouldn't have prevented that pain. I can tell you, I've done the exercise. It would have. It would have. Predicated upon this, knowing the Lord. It's easy to fear a thing you don't know. It's easy to fear a thing you've grown to know is dangerous. The Lord is not dangerous. The Lord loves us and has left a book for us and disciples for us. And if we understand his word and we're adherent to his word, then we can be wise in his eyes to the degree that humans can. And we know his words and we practice his word. We can fear the outcome of really angering the Lord. And we don't have to do that because we can more effectively shun evil. Try that exercise. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and praise God that he gives us an opportunity to visit every weekday.